This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. Here's Bernie Fratto. Well now, as I have said many times before, sports are the greatest reality show invented and you can script everything but the outcome. That's why this time of year is so much fun. And in our complex world, we've got objective truths, we've got personal feelings. Our job tonight and every night is to make sure you don't confuse the two. And on that note, I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios, and tonight... We open by, wow, the NFL Divisional Playoffs are underway. We'll review what happened today, preview what's coming up later today. If you're in the Eastern Market, if you're here out west, they've got an hour until Sunday, but you, you, you get the picture. Plenty of analysis without paralysis and just some general knowledge about the Divisional Round. Uh, By the way, in case you missed it, this is incredible to me. Amazingly, Aaron Rodgers is now 5-4 lifetime at Lambeau Field in the playoffs. And here's a couple of stats courtesy of Jason Martin, who just finished up with Aaron Torres every Saturday night, 8-11 Pacific, 7-11, check that. Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 against San Francisco, 1-5 in NFC Championship games, and his overall playoff record since the Super Bowl win in uh, January uh, or February of 2011, um, would you believe seven and nine? That's I, get your mind around that one. In about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by my man, uh, f- you know, former longtime sportsbook operator here in Las Vegas, Dave Sherapan, and we'll talk about the NFL playoffs, and he'll give us a bit of a behind-the-counter perspective because there was a lot of interesting phenomenon today having to do with the betting markets uh and then of course after brian finley's update we'll, we'll, we'll share the stories of two big losers from wild card weekend they, they, these stories won't die they've still got legs trust me you'll remember and then we'll close it with an update on whether or not the oakland a's who visited las vegas at least six times since last march are they going to come to las vegas are they going to relocate there's an update and I don't think it's looking good, but I never did think it was looking good. Sports are entertainment. They're more than that. They're a shared experience, and such people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Detroit, Minnesota, yeah, it's true. There is a Detroit Township, Minnesota. It's going to be lit. Well, you know, we knew heading into today's uh, divisional games actually all four games, that for the first time in 50 years, all four uh, divisional games had point spreads that were less than six points. So you knew it was going to be competitive. And there was actually even professional money on both sides of these contests. You say to yourself, well, how how does that happen? Well, here's how it happens. When a professional bets on on a sporting event, he's managing risk. He or she is managing risk. When the public, the Joes, the squares, whatever you want to call it, they're trying to predict an outcome. So because of the various back-and-forth line movements this week, uh, you've seen professional money come in on both sides. I can tell you the most heavily bet team today was the Green Bay Packers. And just before 
the Tennessee-Cincinnati game a couple hours before, a fair amount of professional money came in on the Titans. About 82% of the money was on the Titans, and and, and why not? Um, Mike Vrabel, 8-0 straight up against the spread when he had nine or more days to prepare for a game. Cincinnati coming off a, a rough contest the fi- uh, just last week against the Raiders. The Bengals were actually outgained 385 to 308, but they won. And typically in the wild card round, when you are outgained, the following week you only cover the spread 43% of the time. One popular prop in that game, Derrick Henry, will he score a touchdown, minus 170? Yes, obviously that cash. But this Titans team, for the record, I had the Titans in the Super Bowl. I finally thought this was their year, and somehow they managed to garner home field advantage. But you know the old saying, heavy is the head that wears the crown, Shakespeare. And I'm starting to wonder now if the quantum physics of knowing they're home, they win two games, they're in the Super Bowl, so now they're no longer hunters, they're the hunted. I'm wondering if there's a situation where that caught up to them. Uh, Their defense certainly played well. They had nine sacks. They had 13 quarterback hits. I was on with Arnie Spanier and Matt Mosley earlier today. They, they were sitting in for Joy Taylor. And I talked about the one thing that concerned me as a Bengals fan, if you were a Bengals fan, is that their O-line was very leaky. And I thought that Joe Burrow would get hit more than Rocky Balboa. Well, he was. Nine sacks, 13 quarterback hits, and the, and, and the Titans had eight tackles for loss. They even outgained the Bengals. But in the end... The Bengals made one more play. I kind of like this Joe Burrow guy. I always did. But again, heading into the game, the last 10 weeks, the Titans defense had ranked fourth overall and number one against the run. But since he is all about business and man, oh, man, it looks like, well, they'll play the winner of Kansas City Buffalo next week. And, of course, that will be the AFC entrant in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to break down that game in just a minute. We'll have Dave Sherapan and also, of course, our Fezzik 5 at 12.20. So you get plenty wall-to-wall coverage on, uh, on, on Buffalo and Kansas City. Now, <clears throat> the other game, uh, Green Bay, as I said, the most heavily bet individual team this year uh, in the playoffs. And, uh, boy, where do you start? Again, there was a, uh, there's a playoff trend that actually – uh, was what I would call daunting if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan because the Niners won outright last week as an underdog in the play in the wild card round. And whenever that happens, when that's happened, it's happened 26 times, check that, 36 times since 1998 where a, a road underdog wins outright in the wild card round and then they have to go on the road the following week. They're only 13 and 23 against the spread. That's 28%. Hey, save for that block punt at the end of the game, Green Bay probably would have won and most likely would have covered. Uh, the 49ers are an, uh, just an incredible team to me. They are just, if God made a football team, I think it might have been the 49ers. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago. They were down to the Rams 17 nothing. Weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs, limped into the playoffs, for lack of a better word, literally and figuratively. And then they, they, you know, so they spanked the Rams. And then, you know, this was their sixth road road game in eight weeks. Third straight in a row. You beat the Rams, you beat Dallas, and you beat Green Bay. And the irony is I kind of joked about this with with Jason and and Aaron. If you look at these two teams, it feels like the 49ers are actually the team built 
to play in Lambeau Field. And the Packers look like a, you know, a, 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 at least tonight, they look more like a, a finesse track team uh, that's built to play in Santa Clara. And, and, and listen, the 49ers took it away from the Packers. The Packers had multiple opportunities in the first half to go up two scores and assert themselves, and they didn't. Uh, Aaron Rodgers heading into tonight's game, this season alone, 5-0 and versus playoff teams, 10 touchdowns, 1 interceptions. And, again, the Packers were the most heavily bet team. It's a situation where I'm just baffled, not just that the Packers lost in Lambeau Field, not that that can't happen, but it's sort of the way it happened. The Packers were the top seed in the NFC, and I know you can't automatically depict them to win because I I hate the word choke choking, but the groupthink you know echo chamber narrative has been the Packers really don't get it done in the playoffs, and even in the last two years, thirteen and three, they lost in the NFC Championship game. But if you really analyze the game on paper. It looks like a game that could have turned into a blowout, and it almost could have, The pack, but it didn't, right? Like I said, like I opened my show every week by saying you can script everything but the ending, but the Packers had the better offense, the better defense. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo? Now, don't get me wrong. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I have never understood the underappreciation for Jimmy Garoppolo. If I'm correct on this stat, I believe Jimmy G is now 5-1 and one in the playoffs. He's 36-18 and 18 as a starter. Regardless, if you had your choice, Aaron Rodgers at home or Jimmy G, you take Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy G had the bad shoulder, sore neck, bad thumb, almost wasn't supposed to play against the Rams, and this dude is a baller. And, you know, but and by the way, let's not forget, if past his prologue, Despite Rodgers being the better quarterback, the Packers almost lost to the 49ers earlier this season. They only won 30-28, to and even then it took a last-second 51-yard field goal by Mason Crosby to get the win. And in that game, the 49ers' offense wasn't nearly as prolific as it has evolved into now, and the 49ers still almost won. They hadn't even been using Debo Samuel as a running back back then, which is something that has completely changed the dynamic of the 49ers offense. And so if there's one player on the field that should scare any team on film, it's Debo Samuel. And I cannot believe how this is the, the Hollywood script drama is, is building to a crescendo. If the Rams win tomorrow at Tampa Bay, the Rams will get to host the NFC Championship game, and if they win the NFC Championship game, they will host the Super Bowl, which has to make one Stan Kroenke very happy young man. But what do the Rams have to do tomorrow or later today? Oh, nothing. Just go in and beat the guy who has 35 playoff wins against 28 different quarterbacks. Yes, 35-11 in the playoffs. Tom Brady is 14-2 in divisional games. He's won nine divisional games in a row. Not for nothing, divisional round visitors at this stage, only 26 and 40 against the spread, 39%. Although, they went 2-0 today. And although, as I've always said, try not to overthink the divisional round because not only are home teams 13-3 and in the last four years, but oftentimes it just simply comes down to the better quarterback. Oftentimes, it's as simple 
as that. And why is this line so low? Well, I'll give you my theory. People just love that the Rams completely looked invincible against the Arizona Cardinals team Monday night that looked like a drunk crossing an icy street. They dominated that game. They only needed Stafford to throw the ball 17 times. The defense was ferocious. Cam Akers looked like Superman. You talk about playing complimentary football in all three phases. The Rams put that win together, and they look good doing it. And by the way, the Rams had a nice win against Tampa Bay earlier in the year during week three. But I'm still baffled on, on Tennessee. You know they beat eight playoff teams this year. Anyway, I digress. The Rams only had three wins heading into the playoffs versus teams who finished above 500. So I, I guess you can say that, look, although a, a, a lot of people I, that I respect are on the Rams tomorrow, I can't. Uh, you give me Tom Brady at home under a field goal in this situation, I just can't pass it up. But look, uh, Bob Uecker once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax. If there's one thing the playoffs have taught us, and certainly the divisional round, is to expect the unexpected. Coming up, we're going to bring in a guy, one of my favorites, longtime sportsbook director here in Las Vegas. He's been on the show with us before. We'll try to chop up what happened today, get his perspective from behind the counter, and we'll look ahead to Sunday's games, Rams at Tampa Bay, Buffalo at Kansas City. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're, li- you're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. All right, we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And at this time, let's welcome in a gentleman, good friend of mine for the past decade here in Las Vegas, a Pittsburgh native, a Penn State graduate, a longtime Las Vegas sportsbook veteran odds maker, and hosts his own podcast as well. Say hello to Dave Sherapan. Dave, how are you, buddy? Bernie Fratto, all week reminders. We're finally here Saturday night after an incredible day of NFL football. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but I'm glad I'm here, and I'm glad everybody's listening. She's damn near starting smoking cam- camel non-filters again. So, I told you, Dave, both number ones were going down today. Uh, no, I didn't. What kind of result was it for the books today, uh, Dave? A monster, monster day. Um, our, our buddy Patrick Everson, um put out a, tw- uh, a tweet, he talked to somebody at one of the books who said literally he doesn't remember a better single day ever. I mean, there isn't a teaser alive. There isn't a money line 
parlay alive. And, I mean, you know how people bet unders, Bernie. They usually don't. No. So not too many totals got there. Um, yeah, pretty good day for the books uh, on a Saturday. With my understanding, about 82% of the money came in on Tennessee heavily this morning, including professional money, and the most heavily bet side of the entire weekend were the Green Bay Packers. Is that true? Yeah, there was some big money coming in today on Tennessee. Um, and, you know, you don't see much line movement in these playoff games, especially this round. This round is such a fun day, weekend in the book. And the lines are so, I mean, I call them snare drum tight, Bert. Like, you know that. Yeah. And you know yeah. how much money had to come in to move from three and a half to four on a day game? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Game. It had to, yes. Had to be a mountain. I mean, that basically, it has to be a mountain and a half because that basically tells you you're giving the green light. All right, if you want to come back the other side and cross the key number and grab four, have at it. We need, we need to, you know, play some of this off. So you're right. Dave, let's let's look ahead. I've already beat beat the hell out of today. And I've got to tell you, uh, off the top of my head, and I've been doing this a little bit, you give me Tom Brady at home under a field goal, and you give me Patrick Mahomes at home under a field goal, I got to tell you, I can't pass that up. You've got your thoughts. It just feels that way, right? But, but, Bern, a lot of people are on this Rams team. A lot of people, I know. a lot of respected oh, I know. people that both you and I know. Yes. Um, our friend, our friend, Mr. Lucky, uh, yep. you know, he said to, to, to reach out and say, hey, let, let Bernie yeah. know that the Rams have been a play and a big play and big money. Sure. Um, no, he's right. He's right. He's absolutely right. But, like, you know, and we used to talk about this always on the, on the morning after because you were always there early. I was always there early in the book. Mm-hmm. What is the NFL rooting for 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 Sunday. What does well, think, the NFL need? I think, <laughs> they I think need the irony. Brady. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I we need Tom Brady and we need we need Patrick Mahomes as as the games for Sunday. I think if that's what they're saying in the NFL, I mean, not that Buffalo and Cincinnati's not a uh, you know an appealing AFC championship, but man, that's a six point spread minimum. I mean, Buffalo's almost a touchdown favorite, I think, in that game. As is Kansas City. You know, five and a half, six, probably, just under a touchdown, either one. And then are we going to get another round of San Francisco and the Rams in L.A. with the Rams with an opportunity with a Detroit Lion at quarterback in Stafford possibly bringing his team to to his home stadium for the Super Bowl? So there's there's definitely appealing narratives with the backups, like I like to say, the B side. But man, if we could get Tom Brady and Tampa hosting the NFC Championship next week against his childhood team, San Francisco, and we could get Kansas City hosting Joe Burrow and the upstart Bengals, those are two pretty good conference finals. Talking with Dave Sherapan, longtime. Las Vegas Sportsbook Director. Dave, um, question for you. So you you made a statement that's accurate. It's sort of ironic that the books are going to need Brady and Mahomes tomorrow. Uh, Tom Brady, 35 playoff wins against 28 different quarterbacks. Now, Dave, we, we know that heading into this year, the divisional round 
last four years, home teams 13-3. and three. Today, 0-2. Oh My question to you is this. Oftentimes, it just comes down to the quarterback. You got Brady versus... Um, you got Brady versus uh, uh, Stafford and Mahomes versus uh, 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 Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I'm sorry. Your thoughts on the edge in both of those games and how much that would cause you to whether uh, to to fire on one side or the other. Um, I mean, obviously, experience give a little bit of a nod to uh, to Brady is an understatement, but. The health of the Buccaneers, the lack of his weapons, I think, cancels that one out. A little worried about Tampa's offense and what they will be able to do against that defensive line. I mean, but we just saw Burrow get sacked nine times today, and they still won the game. We saw San Francisco not score an offensive touchdown and win the game. I don't know what to make of the quarterback in Buffalo, Kansas City. I mean, these are two of the the best quarterbacks in the league, the youngest quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, a little bit of experience for Mahomes, the home field advantage for Mahomes. Okay. But, man, Josh Allen is a big dude with a big arm who can run and nullify any sort of um, keeping in check that you want to do with him. I can't wait. I thought – Today was the appetizer, and Sunday was the main course, like a surf and turf type, you know, early game, late game. And my goodness, Burn, like, I'm full. I'm exhausted. I stayed up and watched the, the UFC, and, and, and the dogs won there. The dogs won early. The favorites got to win tomorrow. I don't know which one. Maybe both. Maybe neither. That's the best part about all of this. It is tough. I hope the Buffalo-Kansas City game, what is your feeling about that total? Because I call it the speed limit game when I saw the number. 55 is the speed limit. It came down. It's 54 in a lot of places. What do you make of that total? I was just going to bring that up next. Both games today were unders. I feel like both games we see points tomorrow. I don't know that I can fire on an over of 54 in a playoff game, but I'm certainly not in a hurry to grab the under. Look, you've got all four quarterbacks that can move teams down the field. Buffalo, KC, Mahomes, 7-2 and two lifetime in the playoffs. His only two losses are to Brady. He's going to score points. I feel like, gun to my head, both games are overs. Where's the money coming in on the totals, Dave? Well, the second game, Buffalo, Kansas City, money came in on the total under. Mm, okay. And that's just because, you know, we know everybody that does that. I mean, these are... You know, professionals that tell you, look, 55, you guys Ozmakers, you, you, you're crazy. You can't go over. Watch that one be the one to go over. The other one has pretty much stayed still all week, 48. I think a couple books started to show a little bit of under money coming in. There's only a couple that I see, 47 and a half. Just a good number. I mean, two and a half, three, 47 and a half, 48, perfect number for that game. I would lean under in the first game just based on the defenses and the prone. But if each quarterback throws a pick, and Stafford, doesn't he always throw a pick? It feels like well, it. Um, yeah, prior to last week, his, his last four games he had eight picks. Go ahead. Right. So, so the, game, uh, the game could go over. Uh, I, I mean, I'm leaning under. 
But, I, again, I'll, I'll watch the beginning and kind of know because, man, you felt like you had it. If you had Cincinnati early, Tennessee going for two, I think. I, I, I think oh, yeah. Kind of a, well, I mean, there's so when many things six, you six. question. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious, Burn. I don't know what these coaches are doing. No. I don't know what no. they're doing. Throw out that book. All right, got about 30 seconds, Dave. And, by the way, not for nothing. When the Rams and Tampa Bay hooked up back in week three, the final was 34-24, so they put up 58 points that day. Of the four sides and totals, tomorrow's two games, do you have a favorite play? I just got about 30 seconds. Kansas City. I'm all for it. I, I think Kansas City finds a way to get it done um, in, a, in an entertaining back-and-forth game, but they're going to end up hosting the AFC Championship. I'm with you. Dave, great stuff as always. Really appreciate you staying up. Let's get you on down the road. There's always stuff in the news. You got it, Fern. Always a pleasure. Have a good rest of the night. Tell Fezzik I said hello. Oh, you got it, buddy. All right, thanks so much. That is uh, Dave Sherapan, longtime sportsbook uh, behind-the-counter guru here in Las Vegas. Very much finger on the pulse. Pittsburgh native, Penn State graduate, all-around good guy. Very entertaining guy. All right, coming up. There are two big losers from Wild Card Week, and I just want to touch on because they are stories that won't go away, and I promise you they will carry into next year and the remainder of this season with what is, in fact, remaining. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's go to the man. Yes, he is the former lead singer of the band My Chemical Romance, Brian Friendly with the latest. <laughs> that is a good one, Bernie. Yes, <clears throat> speaking of losers in the divisional round, the big loser would be the Packers after Saturday night after their special teams collapsed and the 49ers benefited from that on the way to a 13-10 victory, which gets the Niners into the NFC Championship game. Now, two what happened at Lambeau Field. Green Bay had a field goal blocked and then a punt blocked in the second half. And that punt, which was deflected and, and taken back by the Niners all the way into the end zone for a score. And, and those were some of the big parts of this game. Also, Robbie Gold at the end hit that field goal to salt away the victory for San Francisco, who is now got their attention on Sunday's matchup between the Rams and the Bucks, And of course, San Fran will take on the winner of that one. Also on Saturday, the Bengals, they get the job done against the Titans, 19-16. The rookie kicker for Cincinnati, Evan McPherson, stroking in a 52-yard field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill had a forgettable day. Three interceptions for him. And then Cincy QB Joe Burrow, 348 yards passing. He took so many licks and shots in the pocket, sacked nine times. And now Cincy will head to the AFC Championship game where they are going to be watching earnestly as to how things go with Buffalo and Kansas City. And that is a matchup that is happening also on Sunday. You have UFC 270, Francis Ngannou retains the heavyweight title by beating Cyril Gaon via unanimous decision. And just finally wrapping up in the NBA, the Suns have now won six games in a row after they overcome the Pacers 113-103. to Bismack Biombo, yeah, you remember that name? He matched a career-high 21 points. Chris 
Paul, 18 points and 16 assists. The Cavs thwart the Thunder, 94 to 87. A rookie in Evan Mobley, the big man, 15 points and a season-high 17 rebounds. And the Bucks, without Giannis Antetokounmpo dealing with a right knee soreness, still got the victory against the Kings, 133 to 127. Chris Middleton putting in 34 points. With that, let's get it back to our man who's, who was the high scorer on this show. It's our guy from Las Vegas. It's Bernie Fratto. Hey, well, you know, I once saw Bismack Biombo in concert. He opened up for Mo Bamba and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Got the t-shirt, too. All right, good stuff as always, Brian. Brian is a winner, but there were two big losers from Wild Card Weekend, and don't act like they weren't, and don't act like you haven't stopped talking about them. The first is a guy I actually like a lot, but he's starting to fade a bit, and I'm talking about Cliff Kingsbury. When they were 7-0 and earlier in the year, this looked like they were heading for their dream season. Remember, he made Kyler Murray his top pick in the 29 NFL draft, and they had meteoric growth. They had just finished molly whopping. Sorry about that, Kevin Figures. I had to steal that once in a while. 37-20 molly whopping of the Rams. But here's a daunting, undeniable fact pattern. During Kingsbury's time with the Cardinals, there's a really bad trend that's emerging. First of all, he is very stubborn, doesn't like to change. He likes to line up the same players in the same position, run the same plays, season to season, never changes his personnel groupings. And other teams adjust against him, but he doesn't. Now, he's 24-24-1 and as an NFL head coach. But in the first half of the seasons, he's 15-8. and In the second half, he's 9-16. and See, that's not good. This season's Cardinals started out 10-2, and and they finished 11-6 and and got knocked out the first round of the playoffs. I mean... They had a real chance Monday night to rewrite this narrative, and the Cardinals were just facing the same Rams team that they'd manhandle in October on that same field. But that just meant that the Rams players seemed to know what was coming, and they were prepared, and from the beginning, Kingsbury and the Cardinals were doomed. They were in the game right up till it said, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? And then they were pretty much done after that. Kyler Murray looked utterly baffled, he averaged four yards per passing attempt, didn't throw a touchdown. Perhaps the most disappointing thing is just the lack of fight. They were down 21 to nothing. The Cardinals started slow and then faded. And what 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 the hell happened? So you have a phenomenal start to the season. They get to the playoffs, and then they lay a huge egg. This is on people's radar screens now. And Kingsbury, who is known for creativity, is showing a lack of creativity. And something better change because this team has better potential than they showed, and I'm not sure if Cliff Kingsbury is going to be able to tap into that. He got him to this point, but trust me, his name is going to be in the news, and next year could go one of two ways for him. Although he has done a good job on balance, it's just that you know you always remember what happened last. All right, the second loser, everybody involved in the end of Niners-Cowboys. Now, the NFL playoffs are supposed to be a showcase for the best of the best. And all, all week, Jerry Jones talking about Mike McCarthy. Do I think McCarthy's going to stay? I do. Number one, he doesn't talk back. Jerry Jones likes people that he can control. And secondly, he's got, I believe, two years left on his contract, and I'm pretty sure it's an anathema for Jerry Jones to have to pay coaches when they're not working there anymore. Um, look, the Cowboys... <laughs> I, they, they successfully converted a fake punt. Then they left their punt team on the field for first down. What the hell was that? Are, are they, is this the Three Stooges? I know I've called, I know I've called Mike McCarthy Barney Rubble uh, many times. 
but maybe he's Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone because, you know, whatever happened there at the end, you know, I've always had a joke, well, gee, uh, do you think Fred Flintstone would have really ordered that rack of ribs if he knew it was going to tip his car over? Do you think that the Cowboys would have really run that ill-advised play that they claim to have practiced? They claim to have practiced. Well, if you practiced it, you better practice it some more, all right? This was the coup de grace. This was such a Dallas thing. Their final play, they run a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left, no timeouts. Now, the Cowboys could have taken two shots at winning the game with throws of the end zone. But Dak Prescott, what did he say? He said, well, would you rather throw a Hail Mary from 50 yards or 30 yards? I don't know, Dak. Would you rather throw a Hail Mary with 10 seconds on the clock or zero seconds on the clock? You, you tell me because, you know, I know you guys practiced it. So they run the one play intentionally choosing one that result in a running clock. The Cowboys tried to snap the ball before the clock expired. But by rule, they weren't allowed to snap the ball because the official hadn't set the ball. So if you practice it, do you practice handing the ball to the official? Kind of a detail you don't want to leave out. Kind of a, not a minor detail. And that poor ref, he ran the 40 in about two days. You could have timed the guy with a sundial. He's huffing and puffing trying to get up to the line of scrimmage. Meanwhile, you're just going to set the ball down and run the play. That's not the way the rule works. The official has to set the ball before the Cowboys can snap the ball. So the Cowboys weren't allowed to snap the ball without the official getting the ball. So you get it? You get my drift? So then when the official tried to set the ball, he crashes into Dak Prescott as he was frantically trying to help the Cowboys get that playoff and get to the line of scrimmage. The Cowboys weren't able to get another playoff. <coughs> Niners win 23-17. Now, you might listen to what I just had to say, and you might think that I, I'm disgusted watching this kind of ineptitude. No, I enjoyed it. This game might have been my favorite, right? I, every now and then... I get a real hell of a kick out of it when a game goes off the rails. And then you get up in the press conference and you think that, uh, that uh, you know, you're going to defend what you did and you're going to double down on what you did. And Mike McCarthy, a.k.a. Barney Rebel, says, I know how to win. Oh, I'll tell you what, Mike, don't tell me. Show me. There were times during the regular season that team looked downright scary. And they looked scary last Sunday for all the wrong reasons. The playoffs are a time where you define the moment or the moment defines you and how are folks across the country defining the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott? How are they defining them this week? You know. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. We bring you back out to Las Vegas, Mackenzie Rivers, Mackinac Sports. Got some observations on today's divisional round games, tomorrow's divisional round games, and some potential lines heading into the conference championship games next week. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. Don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. All right, we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team. Back in Los Angeles, that would be Chris Perfett, Bo Benson, and Brian Fenley on the updates. And yes, they'll be with me all the way up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together so we can bring this fine entertainment to a grateful nation. All right, speaking of fine entertainment, you know him, you love him, can't live without him. Let's bring him back out to Las Vegas. Say hello to Mackenzie Rivers, Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie. I told you the two number one seeds were going down today. Uh, actually, no, I didn't. 
But I will tell you, uh, it it makes for some great storylines. It does. Anytime you can say this is the first time in history X has happened, well, it makes me perk up in my chair a little bit. What's going on? Well, dominant have home teams been in the division round recently, but never, not recently, not ever, has two number one seeds both going down, not only in the division round, but on the same day. First time ever. Well, not only on the same day, home teams, McKenzie, 13-3 and three in the divisional round the last four years. And, uh, you know, I, well, anyway, yeah, I mean, it left me a little speechless. Not only that they both lost, but the way they both lost. Absolutely. Offenses were nowhere to be found for the two number one seeds. Now, I want you to picture this in your mind, as RD likes to say, but not if you're driving. These Both of these teams were road underdogs today, mm-hmm. and we know for a fact Vegas has already come out with lines. We know they're going to be a road underdog next week regardless of who they face. So ask yourself, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, just upset the Titans in Nashville, if you're the 49ers, just upset the Packers in Lambeau, who would you rather play? Who is a better well. matchup? Because I'll tell you, I'm looking at the numbers, and I slightly disagree with what Vegas is saying here with their numbers. But what do you think? Well, it's a, okay. So on on the off the cuff, I think psychologically, if you're Cincinnati, you'd rather go to Buffalo because they're on uncharted territory, whereas Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl every year. It's in, it's in the Bible. Uh, the other team, although it would not surprise me, McKenzie, if Buffalo is laying the bigger number. Uh, if you're the 49ers, you'd very much rather go to the Rams. You've you've owned the Rams. You just beat the crap out of them a couple weeks ago, twice this year. But you really want to go to Tampa Bay? Uh, not so much. So those are my thoughts. Vegas agrees with you in one instance and disagrees with you in another. They do think that the championship experience of the Chiefs make them a tougher opponent. They are currently, if they play, a seven-point favorite hosting the Bengals, the Bills, only six and a half points. I mentioned I disagree <laughs> with the market. Hairs. <laughs> yeah, it's very close. It's very close. I think, yes, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a 94 QBR in the AFC Championship game last year. He's been there, done that, and that's scary. But if I'm the Bengals, I like the puncher's chance. I like having Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. Who's better on that day? With this, the Bills, it's a war of, of what's going on in the trenches. And I just don't think the Bengals are set up to win that war. So I would actually make... If I were the Bengals and they're happy either way, I would be slightly happier to go back and play the Kansas City one more time. Now, let's look at the other matchup. Again, we're splitting here's here. These are very, very close teams. We see that. I mean, the market's already telling us that with the next game's line, the Rams are only two and a half point dogs tomorrow in Tampa Bay. So, if you're San Francisco, the market says you should want the Tampa Bay Bucks to lose and face the L.A. Rams, who you've already beaten twice this year. The Bucks are currently three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Rams only three-point favorites, so we are splitting hairs here. But I want the Rams again, 6-0 and oh, if I'm a 49ers fan, which I am. 6-0, and oh, straight up in ATS. Kyle Shanahan is against McVay. But D'Amico Ryans probably is the guy that should be getting the credit, at least recently. The team totals for the Rams has gone 10 points under what they're expected to score. The last six times they've played. D'Amico Ryans, a guy you might not have heard of, just earned himself some head coaching job interviews with an incredible performance yeah, today. Packers expected to score 27, only scored 10. Uh, the Raiders, I believe, are one of the teams that's reached out to D'Amico Ryans to interview, uh, but that will set that aside for now. 
Uh, not for nothing, the Niners next week, McKenzie, it'll be their seventh road game in nine weeks and fourth road game in a row. And the reason I said what I said about uh, you'd rather play Buffalo psychologically, but I thought the number would be bigger in Buffalo. Uh, you go to Kansas City, and Kansas City has what I call the quantum physics edge. They just too much experience to have been mm. there, and then you got a second-year quarterback. But the interesting thing about Buffalo is they become a team – that the public and the pros both like, and it seems like you'd really get more steam on Buffalo, but uh, just an opinion. So let's look ahead uh, to later today. I've got Tom Brady under a field goal at home. You've got Patrick Mahomes under a field goal at home. How do I pass that up? I can't disagree with you. I mean, just last year, this seemed like a coronation when these two teams, the two favorites you just mentioned, met in the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's an injury here and there, but... You know, push come to shove, nothing over the past 365 days takes me away from thinking these are two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. They have two of the best supporting cast that any quarterback could ever hope to have. Yeah, I'm not putting my money against either team in red tomorrow. No way. Okay, McKenzie, you'll be back in an hour with more good stuff, and you'll be back in two hours with your prop plays for Sunday, correct? Yes, sir. 29 and 13. Let's keep it going. All right. Let's keep it going. All right. Rams, Tampa Bay, Brady 14 and 2 in divisional games. Holmes, Mahomes 7 and 2. I'm Bernie Fratto. That's going to do it for Straight Out of Vegas. Keep it locked up next. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 